Does your debt cause you financial stress? Do you feel trapped in a job or a situation because of your financial burdens? Residency can be such a letdown when it comes to building your financial foundation, but it truly doesn't have to be that way. If you're a physician wanting to take control over your financial future and take back the freedom you deserve, come hang out with this money nerd. No long hours or sleepless nights. Just you, me, this other guy named TPP, and the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and welcome back to the show. I have my amazing co-hosts. Jimmy Turner, here with you in the flesh. I want to make it a little awkward for you there. Thanks. I appreciate that. That was awkward. Yeah, good. Uh, And we're back on our Wednesday segment, and we're going to be discussing all about money and burnout. And Jimmy's been really excited to do this show. He's got tons of great info on it, and I'm just here to kind of hang out with him. So before we jump in, though, we need that important disclaimer. This show is not personalized financial advice for you. In fact, this is for your entertainment purposes and should only be seen as general education. Neither of us can give you any specific advice on your financial situation through the show. So if you aren't a do-it-yourself financial guru, you should consult an attorney, CPA, or fee-only financial planner like Ryan before you go and make any big money decisions. All right. So today, without all the awkwardness, is all about relationships (laughs) with money and how it impacts our well-being. And like I said, Jimmy has written a ton about this at thephysicianphilosopher.com, and it's one of the big messages on his website. So I'm going to let you kind of start us off, man. Where where do you want to go with this? Yeah. So I think just to kind of provide some perspective, let's just talk about debt in our country. So I was reading an article the other day by the Wall Street Journal, sitting in Starbucks, getting some work done and came across this. And it pointed out that student loans are the second largest source of debt for American households. So the first being mortgage, the third being car debt, auto debt, interestingly. But they put some numbers to this that were just Insane. So they said that the national student loan debt had ballooned from $346 billion in 2004, and now it's all the way up to $1.5 trillion 15 years later. And I mean, those numbers are just massive. Yeah. So $1.5 trillion, though, that's kind of like our official number. And I've always been under the thought process of like, it's way bigger than that. And, and not to magnify this, this out a lot bigger, I think it's closer to $2 trillion or maybe even over that. Because you have people that have refinanced their debt, but have done it with family, right? I see it all the time. Oh, right. I owe my mom 50K. I owe my aunt 25,000. They did this at you know a 2% or whatever it is. There's also other ways to go about it. So you might be able to tap into your home equity line if you own a home and decided, you know what, I'd actually go rather take this debt out and you know on my home equity and then pay that off, but use that to pay off all my student debt. And even Taylor and I, like we did it a very different way. We used my mom's home equity line and okay. were able to to pay her back in a much quicker fashion. And we have a weird story about how we did that, but we thought we were going to do PSLF and ended up not doing that and ended up investing in real estate and mm-hmm. ended up paying her off a, a very different way. But I think that number is closer to actually $2 trillion or maybe even over, but it's still a huge number. That's it's, a T. It's crazy. That's a, that's that, a T, my friends. With a T. And yeah, and and we know that this problem is is huge. And in fact, the way this Wall Street Journal article went, they go on to talk about how employers nowadays in the in the business world are noticing this too. They notice how much it's impacting their employees, so much so that they're now offering 401k matching for any money that you put toward your student loans. They're leading well-being initiatives basically to help their employees deal with this massive financial burden. Well, most physicians 
are sitting here thinking like, well, how can I get my employer to do that? <laughs> I, I And I don't know of any that like match based on student debt because that's most physicians have, I think our average is 298,000. So those payments are quite large. And so that is a real big bonus that they'd be putting in. So I don't think that works, but I, I do know of one. And I actually found this out when I was at the EEM conference out in, in May and I met up with um, USACS. And it's one of these uh, big emergency medicine companies that employed like 3,000 physicians. And they had negotiated with a student loan refinance company some sort of offset that if you went through that company and let's say, Jimmy, you had not amazing credit and you were going to refinance your loans at 6%. Okay. And, you know, it's not great, but it's still less than the federal level. And let's say it was a seven-year note. And they said, okay, Jimmy, because you did that, we're going to subsidize you down to 4%. Mm -hmm. So whatever that difference in payment is that they calculated, they'd add that into your paycheck. Say it was 200 bucks a paycheck. So they were helping subsidize the interest rates. They weren't actively paying it down, but they were helping make it easier from an interest rate standpoint to bring it into a much more competitive range. And they had it set up in their benefits package. I thought it was amazing. And I like hope other like employers listening could do that for their their employees. It is amazing with just any little help you can give on on that. But I, I wish more were doing it. That's the only one that I, I know of. Well, you know, and I, I think that a lot of people that are you know, employed physicians in that situation would feel like their employer actually cares about their well-being because they clearly understand the the stress that comes from the financial burden we carry. You know, with the average, you know, if your clients being two ninety eight, the national average being two hundred thousand dollars, when you graduate medical school, that's then going to compound at six or seven percent and become two fifty or three. I mean, the financial burden's huge, and, and we've seen this borne out in some of the surveys that they. They perform for for burnout and depression in the physician community, and probably the most widely cited one in terms of just you know generalized surveys is the Medscape surveys that they do. I think they get released like each each January, and the numbers are are shocking. I mean, the numbers in three of the specialties are over fifty percent of physicians, and those specialties are actually kind of interesting. So it's urology, neurology, and PM and R, and so which I think surprises some people, but even still, there's a close to 35 or 40% of all respondents that said that they had issues with burnout. And when you dive into the numbers, it's just fascinating. So the way that I've kind of looked at this, and I'm sure that many of the listeners have have read this, read this information as well from Medscape, but essentially they ask him like, what, what contributes to your burnout? And say, well, you know, basically stripping of autonomy. So too many bureaucratic tasks that take away from taking care of patients or too many hours at work. The electronic medical records are terrible and they are basically glorified cash registers. They don't actually help you take care of patients. And so they they talk about all of these things about the job that make it tough to to be happy at work and to avoid burnout. And that carries on when they ask them about, you know, the physicians that are depressed, like what are your what are your major causes of depression? Top two causes are your job and finances. That's even ahead of family stuff. And so we know that based on 15,000 physicians responding to the survey that jobs and money have a profound impact on on their wellness. And you know, it's 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 kind of shocking, but despite the job being tough and all of those non-financial things that they just mentioned, the I think the kicker and this is from 2 years ago, it actually wasn't asked in this most recent survey, but I thought this was fascinating 2 years ago when Medscape asked. They said what would reduce your burnout? You just mentioned all those things, electronic medical record system, the insurance companies, you know, getting pre-authorizations and telling you that you're not going to 
get the tests that you ordered for your patient, making you practice medicine differently for your patients because insurance companies won't pay for them. All of these things, administrators. And when they asked them, what would fix your problem? They said, pay me more. And it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Pay me more. It said, it said I, want a, I want a higher salary. How, how does that make sense? It said increased compensation to avoid financial stress was, was 35% of the 15,000 that responded said that they would prefer increased compensation to avoid financial stress and that it would reduce their burnout. It doesn't make sense. I, I think that the disconnect here, and this is kind of the common story that I hear, is people going through training and you know really putting the hours in 80, 100 hour weeks, sleepless nights, you know, missing family reunions or weddings and funerals and seeing really tragic stuff happen to patients. And they do all of that with the hope that someday they're going to be in attending and take really good care of people. And, you know, there's a light at the end of the road and that potentially the attending lifestyle will make things a little better too. It might make it worth it to some extent. And then they get done. They find out that's not true. Their burnout gets worse. And so what do they do to try to fix it? They spend money to buy happiness or to try to, and it ends up making that even worse. And so I think that, you know, that's part of the problem for sure. Well, you know, it, it definitely is. And we see this a lot with clients, right? You're telling me, and I was, I was kind of joking earlier, but you're, you're telling me that 60% of the bureaucratic tasks, the charting, the paperwork is what's causing burnout, right? That's what's in this, in this survey. The too many hours at work, 34%. But then we come down to the fifth thing and it's insufficient compensation. Mm-hmm. That's the fifth thing that they're saying contributes most to their burnout. But that's the number one thing that will do it. Money can't buy happiness. And everyone knows this. And that's why when we look at compensation and you know, when clients are looking at switching jobs and whatever, we're, we're asking like, what's the work-life balance? What is it that you truly want? Because very rarely do we hear someone say, I want to make the most money possible. I don't mind breaking my butt for 80, 90, 100 hour work weeks. We have clients that do 500 procedures, you know, in a, in a, in a month, which is insane mm-hmm. for their specialty. And they're, and they're fine doing it because they know in five years they're done. But that is like very small as a few people. Well, Most people are saying, I want something bigger, uh, you know, outside of work. I want to be able to go to T-ball on Saturdays and do this and be able to commit to ballet, at, you know, in the afternoon or, or whatever it is to watch my daughter. Yeah. And, and, and how sad is that, that, you know, the, the answer to this problem is physicians saying, I want to work for five years and be done. I mean, we, you know, and that's really troubling, but because the system's so broken, I think that that produces two things, people looking for a way out or a way to make a change. And the other thing too, is that they realize that the system is so complicated and broken and that there's all of these things that need to be fixed that the one thing that they feel like they can control is their finances. And so to some extent, I think that they try to use that one tool that they feel like they control to try to fix these problems. And then they find out it just doesn't work. Well, it, it would work, right? And now I think we can transition into this piece. You know where I'm going to go with this is lifestyle <laughs> inflation, right? Sure. It would work if if you didn't let your lifestyle explode, right? If you didn't finish training and then all of a sudden go, wow, I'm making 20K a month. This is amazing. Oh, let my expenses match that. No, like, don't, please don't do that. Please don't get caught up in that. And there are several people who realize that in the beginning, oh, I shouldn't do that. And I might need help. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to work with a planner, but there are several people that go, I don't want to work with someone. I can do this on my own. And then five years, six, seven years later, they're paycheck to paycheck making six, $700,000 a year going, uh oh, we have an issue. And, and I, again, this is not a pitch for, for planners, 
This is just take control and responsibility, understanding that if you let your expenses and your lifestyle inflate, you're going, it's going to increase the feeling of burnout and you're not going to have that escape away from it as easily as if you had all your ducks lined up. Yeah. And, and I actually don't disagree with you, Ron. I think that the vast majority of, of physicians could benefit from using a financial planner. And, and this is one of the biggest reasons why, because I, I, I'm a big believer, and I know that you are too, that, that this can really cut both ways, right? You can use money as a tool and try to make a path to financial independence so that you can work in medicine, be a doctor because you want to, not because you have to, or you can not understand money, not work with a planner, and end up living paycheck to paycheck and finding out that your financial stress is overwhelming. And so it really is all about your relationship with money. And if you can't f- find or figure that out on your own, which is the most most physicians, uh, most medical professionals, then you need to work with someone that can help you do that. I, I, I think that's, you know, it's a great plug for a planner. I'll, I'll make it for you. Oh, it's, it, but that's not what this is for. I mean, really, it's, it's coming back to, you know, being able to take some responsibility and control over it. And you know, more money, more problems, right? And it's really, really easy to get trapped into that. Well, there's money in the bank. We got money to spend. I work my butt off to get here. I deserve this. I'm all for it. I trust me. I'm right there with you with all the stuff Taylor's gone through, even, you know, just being me going through it with her and the kids, like we do deserve it. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes into medicine, but don't sacrifice your finances on top of that because you want that instant gratification that dopamine hit when you, you know, make that online purchase. Yeah. I was just reading a story that was honestly, it was heartbreaking. Someone was saying that their wife had gone through a spending spree for a year or two and they were, they looked back and they spent about $80,000 on Amazon (laughs) and another, I I, I don't remember the the clothing uh, subscription service that they were doing, but basically it was Amazon and clothing they spent about 80,000 for a year and a half or two years like so 150,000 60,000 dollars in that time now it didn't put them into debt but they had they weren't on the same page they weren't communicating it was frustrating the spouse and the really it was her the physician coping with all the other bad stuff that was happening and they were putting themselves back financially and all the stuff they were buying in this conversation that I I had and and heard like 30% of the stuff was still brand new with tags on, never used, never worn. Like it was wasted stuff. In the but wrapping. It was that, <laughs> it was that in the wrapping. It was, this, it was that feeling though of I'm making this purchase, I get excited. And we've talked about framing. We've talked about all sorts of other things, how companies are, are literally marketing to us to get us to separate from money. And it is a very real deal that you will feel that rush, that, that happiness when that comes, you might even feel it when you then open that package, but is it really going to make you happy? Is that really what it is? What is the, the, what, what is it behind that, that needs to be fixed in order? And obviously there's a lot of things that contribute to burnout. They told us in the survey, mm-hmm. finances, number five, mm-hmm. but then they said, well, to fix this, just pay me more, which I, I understand. Cause we can control that. We, you know, when we talk about investments, mm-hmm. we go, don't worry about what the market's doing. Worry about your own risk, your ability and your need. That's what you can control. Right. Well, we can control that with our finances, but that wasn't the number one thing. So, But you know, when, when, they, when they included the quotes this year in the new Medscape survey, I mean, this is really 
it, it's just enlightening. I mean, it kind of highlights the depth of how bad this gets for some of these people. And then it's not really surprising that that they end up spending more money. So some, some of these quotes in here, is one of them is from an anesthesiologist who said, quote, I'm drinking more and having and have become less active. And so that's how burnout was affecting their life. And, and then there's a neurologist who said, I dread coming to work. I find myself being short when dealing with staff and patients. And I think if many of us are being honest, we find that when we come home to our spouses or to our partners that we're, we're short with them too, because all of our empathy and time and compassion has been spent at the job. And so that puts, you know, marital stress into play and, and all sorts of other things. So, so you mean that when Taylor tells me that all her patients left with her patients, that uh, that might have been what happens. You know, I've never heard it said that way, but yes. She she tells me. <laughs> Absolutely. She looks at me. She's like, my patient's left my patient. She's going to kill me, by the way, for that. No, it's, it's totally true. It's so true, though. She, tell, she tells me that. It's totally true. Send help. <laughs> and uh, care and packages. two other people, yeah, two other people had ran in. I mean, this is really sad stuff that I wish everyone listening, like you're going through it and all of your peers are going through it. That's probably why you're here, trying to understand finance. And hopefully we're doing a, a good job at connecting those dots. But two other people said, my relationships has w- have withered. My family is frustrated. We rarely make plans to do anything socially and they're likely to be canceled. And that was a general surgeon. And the other one said, I'm having medical problems as a result, having recurrent miscarriages from a family physician. That's tough. I mean, that's horrible. That's how this is burnout is affecting their lives. And I, we know student debt's one of them, right? And that relates into finances. And I, But I think so much has to do with just understanding the basic concepts of finance. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I do think that the people that filled out the survey were onto something and thinking that maybe personal finance was a tool that they could wield to help fix this problem. Unfortunately, they just don't know how to do it. They're using a, a hammer for a screwdriver's job. You know, like they're just using the, using the tool in the wrong way. And, you know, if we could, you know, help them learn how to do that, then they might, you know, find better success and, and actually, provide options like being able to cut back to part-time work or doing locums tenons or, you know, finding another alternative to their currently, you know, burned out situation. Yeah, I agree. So we'll make sure that we link to the Medscape survey somewhere on our socials. So you guys can check it out. I know Jimmy, you've actually written on it. So we should probably just link to your post on that. Okay. Uh, Cause I, I, I liked it. It was really good. So we'll, we'll make sure we do that. And so Jimmy can get to his tea time on the golf game keep it strong let's That's move right. over to our journal club <laughs> sounds good to me so in our journal club today we're going to be discussing an article that was posted on the site debt-free doctor and uh, it's titled seven benefits of debt-free living every doctor should know post is actually pretty interesting and in it the author discusses the benefits of paying down our debts and the opportunities that that debt-free living kind of provides so there are he ends up making basically seven arguments he outlines some of what we actually already talked about in the show that the the debt problem in our country is huge with mortgages and student loans and then cars we love our fancy cars and trucks and you know it's uh it's 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 an issue in our country just just generally speaking but he goes through why you should live a debt free life and number 1 is more money to save and invest i think what he's saying is that after you pay off your debt you have more money to save and invest mhm yeah and and he talks about things like you know an emergency fund you know max out your retirement accounts the one that I want to highlight here, though, is investing in yourself, mm. right? And I think this this goes against or would help combat burnout because I had a really interesting guest that we talked about burnout on, and he said, and he was a, a surgeon, and he said that when he starts to feel burned out, it's his body and his his mind telling him like something's not right, 
And how can I shift the focus to be more positive Mm -hmm. and to fix this? And I think investing in yourself, that could be courses. It could be books. It could be listening to podcasts and it doesn't have to be finance. It could be sleeping. Yeah, I got, trust me. I wish I could do a lot more with the five and three year old. I bet like sleeping would be probably like, oh man, that'd be glorious at this point. But I think investing yourself is so huge. And I know we talked finance on the show, Mm -hmm. but there's so many other ways you can invest in yourself. But I also think investing in your relationships, it can do that as well because that'll give you more quality time to go do fun things. And not all the fun things require money, but I love, I love that investing in yourself. So I want to make sure I highlighted that here. Yeah, absolutely. So number two is, uh, providing more breathing room and, you know, the example here comes from an emergency fund It's pretty straightforward, but if something comes up, you don't want to have to dig into that emergency fund or dig into putting things on credit cards because that ends up being another emergency, right? Having 18%, you know, on a, on a credit card. And he basically says, once you pay off your debt, you've got more breathing room. Like you can more easily afford situations as they come up. I like the idea. So one thing that I've noticed after working with literally hundreds of physicians is that you guys think more in a monthly payment mindset Mm. and you think like I can afford this payment, therefore I can afford it. I know I've chatted on the show about this, but I think in the more breathing room concept, if you get out of debt, it allows you to expand and to think further than just this month. Sure. And I think that's where I kind of thought he was going to go with this, but I, I still like how he, he had it. And his third one here was the ability to retire earlier, which we are going to be all about the fire movement pretty soon here. <laughs> well, foreshadowing for all of you that Jimmy and I are going to probably get a ton of hate mail on anti-fire <laughs> movement. But what do we got here? The ability to retire earlier. Yeah. So once you pay off your debt, you can uh, decrease your fixed monthly expenses and potentially retire earlier because you don't have to save quite as much. And that's part of the advantage of living the debt-free life. Yeah. And I, I like how he gave a nice shout out to Leaf where he said, my good friend over at Physician on Fire is a perfect example. We're, we're both close in age. Yet I'm still seeing patients and he's not. Leaf Leaf won the game. So he, yep. he quit playing. Yep. Number four, we're stress-free. Yeah. So this was interesting. So I, I didn't read this original article that he references here, but he says that it's from the American Psychological Association, which said that money is the number one cause of stress in the United States. Which, I mean, is definitely believable, right? It I mean, we, so we highlighted Medscape where physicians are, again, just another way that you're very unique compared to the rest of the population. but in I mean, in the rest of the world, like Americans can't even handle a $400 emergency. Yeah, it's crazy. That That is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, they can afford iPhones and nice new cars and, well, car payments. Right? I mean, they're accumulating yeah. that all around, but they can't afford it. So it makes total sense that money is the number one cause well, of stress. Yeah, and, and, when I, and I also remember being a medical student or a resident, and I didn't know anything about money back then. I didn't really have an emergency fund. And so when things would come up, it would totally stress me out. And then today when I walk outside and the back right tire of my truck is flat, I have to take it to the, the shop. I got to you know put air into it and then take it there. I'm, I'm not worried about what the bill is going to be. Like Even if I have to buy a brand new tire and it costs two or $300, that's fine. Like That's not stressful anymore. It's because we've paid down our debt. That's that what led to that. Your, your new truck had a flat tire? I'd have 2,000 miles on the thing, man. And I don't know. And they couldn't find what caused it. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, they put a new stem in and sent was me it, home. Was it the giant ego in the back of all the big trucks? Yeah. It down, yeah. Popped it or? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> it, it does ride pretty high. 
Uh, it's no big deal. All right, number five, the cost of living reduction. It's interesting. Thought yeah. process on this. Yeah, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I don't. So I think that what he's saying is that you're again. It's, it's kind of akin to what he made the point earlier. Once you get to that point that you have lower fixed monthly expenses, and so your cost of living is reduced, and so that's really the ticket that gets you to the ability to retire earlier. So I think that this is kind of linked to number four. I think it is too, but at the same time where I threw it kind of back at you because I didn't want to frame it differently for you uh, (laughs) versus my my thing is, I don't think this actually causes a living reduction. I think actually being intentional with your money causes the living reduction. A debt, obviously, if you look at it from a pure numbers, I was paying debt. No, I'm no longer doing that. (laughs) Most people though, will say, well, now I've freed up money and then I'm going to go spend it somewhere else. So if you're- It's totally if, true. It's totally if true. If you're thinking, it is. Oh, it's and, it's and it's okay if that's the case. Just make sure you're paying yourself first and doing that. But I don't actually think it's a living reduction. I think it's a different allocation of funds Yeah. in most people, unless you're intentional, and then it could be a cost and living reduction. Yeah, no, so that makes I, sense. I didn't, I didn't want to throw that you in. Wanna you want to frame it? You don't want to frame me? That's how it is. A better marriage. Ooh, I like this one. Me too. So he talks about marriage being a team sport and that, you know, there is obviously big financial stress that can be placed on a marriage. And so if you get to the point where you're debt-free, living the debt-free life, there's less potential to fight. You know, you don't have to have those arguments because there's not that stress. I'm pretty sure I will always do something incorrect that will then warrant my wife to tell me that I did such thing incorrectly and that I shouldn't do that again. But it, it won't be about I can money. See, I can see it not being about money, and which we I'm very thankful we really never fight. Usually, the the only fight around money is I go, "You're going to spend what on a rug?" <laughs> and she goes, "I'm going to get it at a hand me down second store, blah blah blah, and it's a hundred dollars." I'm like, "You're going to spend a hundred dollars on a rug?" Mm. And she's sitting here looking at me like, "You're an idiot." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm probably an idiot." But other than that, like, we don't really fight about money. Like, we're really blessed, I guess, in that. Mm-hmm. But I could totally see just even from all of our client work that you strip money issues away, yeah. you will likely have a better marriage. Yeah, it's totally true. And and I we've experienced the same thing with with my wife and me. So, you know, it's it's much less stressful now that we have all of our debt paid off except our mortgage. I know that that counts. Oh come on. You don't be one of those. We're debt free other than the I never said I was debt free except the mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Dun dun dun. <laughs> All right. Number seven, the freedom to help others more. And I think this is a really cool one. Yeah, it's my favorite. I I love the idea of helping other people, right? So, you know, I'm a big believer that your money speaks very loudly about what your passions and, you know, really what's important to you in life are. It's a reflection of that. And so when you become debt free, you have more opportunities to help other people if that's if that's really where, you know, your heart is. And and I know that's not true for everybody. You know, and if that's not you, that's that's fine. But for my wife and I, this is an important goal for us. And becoming debt free allows us to give more money to charity. Yeah, I, I like that. So yeah, I, I like that. So right now, because we aren't debt free, we still have our mortgage and we're, you know, still I we're very early in her career and in my career. We actually don't give as much as I would like to, mm-hmm. but I do that in a different form currently. And so I give a lot of time sure. away to helping others. And it tends to be others out there in our community yeah. and it's other financial advisors. That's just where my passions really lie. Sure. And it's not the same as uh, you know helping at a homeless shelter or you know a, an animal shelter or something, uh, which I did help a ton at an animal shelter all through high school because that was my passion project at, at the time. But right now it's it's really about 
curing kind of all the fixes and people in our community, as well as a lot of my planner friends that need a lot of help in, in building their stuff. So I, I look at it differently right now, but I know that in time we will be giving a lot more. And I completely agree. Like being debt free would make me feel a whole lot easier. Well, doing that. And, and you could argue that being debt free means you don't have to work as much and that frees up more time to give to other people. You know, so it's, it's both, right? It's, it helps with, it helps with both, but I, I agree. Giving time and money, you know, are both important things to do. Well, money, your time is your most precious asset. Yep. So money can't buy that uh, and not to say it, but you know, you can't, you can't cure everything with money. So I like giving away time too. Well, we'll make sure that we tag Defree Doctor at DefreeDoctor.com on our social media and you can you know find it quickly there. And I encourage you all to check it out. And they have a lot of great stuff on that site too. So I, I think not just this one post, but, and if you aren't following us, please follow us on social media. All right, we'll everyone. Subscribe to the blog. Yeah, you can do that. I, I don't, I don't know how you're going to find, you got to change that. I know. I'm, well, maybe. Anyway, have a great week, everyone. All right. See you guys on Friday. Cheers. Cheers.